This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. Iron Man, for all intents and purposes, an indie. And Willis. Well, if he's like, you know, taking the acting seriously, I might go see Wonka. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. Hello, dear listener. We are so, so sorry for missing you last week. That was not our intent, but life got ahead of us and, well, we have to make arrangements. But we're back here. This week. Yes. And we have some interesting things that we need to cover. Shout out to those uh, that reached out wondering where we were. Yes. That made me feel good. I was like, oh, man. (laughs) People listen to this show every week. We hear you. We're we're glad you care. (laughs) We do. And we are very glad that you care. Um, This week, we're going to talk about Blue Beetle, the box office. What's going on with this movie that is kind of landed with a little bit of a whimper? which is unfortunate. Um, We're also going to fold that into a predictions talk about how the Marvel's movie is going to be doing because that is the final MCU movie for the year. And as we've talked about on this pod, superhero is tanking in terms of popularity. Yes. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to be talking about how the strikes that are currently ongoing, which I believe they're in their 118th day or something, how they are affecting the box office numbers because there have been a couple relatively large films with big name actors that released in the last couple weeks that have just done absolutely nothing. So we need to interrogate that a little bit. And then we want to finish this off by talking a little bit about possible contract negotiations returning between yes. the, the unions and the AMPTP because there are murmurings, there are meetings that have been had. But we need to get we need to talk a little bit about that and see where we think that everything is going and where everything stands yes. currently, because it's still turmoil, lots of turmoil. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, let me run through what we have releasing this week. We got three movies releasing in theaters this week. We have Gran Turismo, which I can't believe I did not know this was Neil Blomkamp. And by God, yeah. what has happened to this man since District 9? I really don't know. <laughs> he hasn't made a good movie since District 9, so it is what it is. I'm not going to watch. I don't I don't know. I have no. I, I, I have seen critically panned audiences love it. Sure. So it might be just fun. It could be know? a good time. David Harbour, yeah. Orlando Bloom is back. Yeah. You know, that's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we also tired, have. Tired Orlando Bloom. Very extremely tired Orlando Bloom. Uh, we also have The Hill, which I know very little about, and we have a new Liam Neeson vehicle, Retribution. Uh, another man against an army against the world type of movie, which Retro is adding... Taken. yeah. Exactly. It's, I'm adding that directly to my list. Um, and that's it for theaters for shows. We've got Ahsoka actually premiering on the 22nd, not the 23rd, as I previously thought, on Disney+. And I yes. believe, like you said, it was a two-episode premiere Two-episode start, yep. So that'll be interesting. Uh, and then we have Invasion Season 2 coming back to Apple TV Plus on the 23rd as well. Uh, for movies, not too many premieres, but I'm going to shout out a couple movies that premiered this year that are coming to streaming. We've got How to Blow Up a Pipeline hitting Hulu on the 24th. We have Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves moving from, I believe, Peacock to Prime on the 25th. It's yeah, been all over the place. Right. Yeah. So uh, we have The Flash hitting Max on the 25th. 
I am I am actually excited to watch that. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, you saw it in theaters, right? I did. I did. I caught it yeah. before it left IMAX. Um, I'm I'm intrigued to watch it, and I'm like honestly surprised that I there are a couple small things, but I, don't, I haven't seen any spoilers. I think people are so fed up cares. with it that they're yeah. like, <laughs> we can't even spoil this thing. Oh God. Uh, then two new movies. We have Killer Book Club hitting Netflix on the twenty fifth, and you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah coming to Netflix on the twenty fifth. I believe that is another Netflix Adam Sandler collaboration. Ah, so. That's interesting. I kind of didn't know they were still doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that is what's coming out this week, folks. And without further ado, let's talk about some superhero stuff. So Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle. The most recent DC film. Most recent superhero well, yes. film. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you mean the one that came out a few days ago? A, few, yes. a couple days ago. Uh, kind of didn't do very well. In its opening weekend, which could be so, due to a couple things. We have to shout out Unseated Barbie from yes. the top of the box office. For the first time which, since Barbie premiered. Yes, which like people kind of knew that was it was tracking for like 30, 30 million. Barbie was going to be looking around 30 million. Like they, right. people were like, it's it's probable. You know, I don't think that's a statement on the quality of the movie because like Barbie's in its fifth week. Five weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So like. <laughs> Yeah, it falls off like it does. Um, yes. Also, I will shout out Oppenheimer for becoming the highest grossing movie ever to not be number one. I find that hilarious. Hysterical. Um, that's like those deep stats that like sportscasters find where they're oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, well, you know, the Patriots haven't won by less than four in the yeah. fourth quarter since, yeah. you know, 1967. You're like, it's like sure. Okay. What does that mean? Yeah. It's so funny too because it's like a back. It's a compliment and also not a. It's a compliment to both movies, yeah. which I think is so funny. <laughs> um, but anyway, Blue Beetle yes. opened number one with uh, a yeah opened number one with a forty three million dollar worldwide weekend or as of right now, which is Tuesday. Um, yes, and to date has made twenty five million dollars domestically on roughly a one hundred and five million dollar budget. Yeah. Not super amazing, especially when, you know, as early as early last year, these movies were still opening to the tune of $175 million weekends, you know, Um, sometimes that is literally domestic, which is insane. And now you can't get people. I mean, I was looking at my AMC app just to see what showings were like in the Dolby and the IMAX. There was like 10 people in each showing. And I was like, uh, on opening weekend, like Friday, Saturday, there was like, maybe 10 to 20 people in each theater. And I was like, mm. now, why is that? Because <laughs> this movie looks so much better than fucking Shazam Fury. Well, and stuff. like, it doesn't have terrible reviews. No. You know, like I think the Flash it, like, and Shazam did. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a 77% on, on Rotten Tomatoes with a 92 audience score. So like, it's not a bad no. movie. I just think it's like wrong time. It's like trauma. It's like, you know, people are sick of being hurt by this. You know, I'm not going to get psyched for this thing when the thing that I'm familiar with and that has been coming for years and years and years was terrible. And like, I hated and blue beetle is like a B level kind of superhero to begin with. So I like, yeah, never heard of him before. 
Yeah. I've seen him in a couple of the like cartoons, but like, you know, I'm not surprised that it had a week showing. Yeah. Um, I think this has the potential to have maybe not an uptick, but not a significant second week fall off. Mm, interesting. I feel like word will get out about this. Um, yeah. I mean, Blue Beetle, like, what do we, th- what do we think? Well, it's As tough. Volley back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's tough because like they kind of Marvel did this a little bit with phase four where like, you're, you know, you're giving the spotlight to people who deserve more of a representation. You know, this is a Latinx uh, filmmaker with the whole Latin cast yeah. and, you know, and it's one of those things where, you know, Shang-Chi had a similar problem where it didn't do terribly, but it didn't do super great. And that was pandemic and people were already sick yeah. of Marvel. And and I think this is just struggling from that too. And and it sucks that these are the movies that get pushed to the end because they're like, well, we don't know if we can really make a movie that works yeah. on this. And then they push it to a point where it in fact would never work. Even if the movie is a 10 out of 10, this movie is going to do poorly because people we just had the fucking flash and Shazam. Well, that's the, I mean, that's the arguable thing. If the flash was one of the greatest superhero movies of all time and you know, we're all raving about it, then like blue Beetle's going to do way better because everyone's like confident in it. But it's like with everything going on at DC and like all of that kind of stuff, it's like, this feels like an afterthought distribution for sure. Totally. Um, And I don't know. I, I really want to see this. Me too. If for no other reason than I remember watching the original trailer and being like, this CG looks fucking awesome. It does. And like, I don't know. I feel like I can let myself be low stakes on this one. A hundred percent. No expectation. Um, like, you know. Which is kind of what I think like we're going to go with this superhero stuff. Yeah. You know, where it's like, yeah, we, we're not building to an Avengers level threat or film kind of thing. You know, we're just going to like, hey, here's Blue Beetle. Here's, you know, um, Booster Gold. Here's, <laughs> I mean, it's like the the James Gunn effect. It's like, here's these smaller things that are just going to keep uh, keep coming. And like, they won't do $2 billion, but they'll. They'll be good movies. Yeah. They'll be good movies. And I think if we can get that momentum back up, they'll perform better. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I'm curious to see what the hell this movie does in the coming weeks and how fast it actually gets shipped to Max because I'm mm-hmm. like, that's the flash didn't go quickly. I mean, it's just hitting it this week, which means it was out for a number of months before it actually hit that. And they had yeah. their whole VOD chart and everything like that. But I'm curious to see, and I, I'll probably check it out this weekend. I will say guys, the 27th, I believe is national cinema day cinema or national day. movie day yep. where all movies i believe across the board are four dollars to go see at the movie theater yes which is amazing which like we could have a whole podcast about how that's even fucking possible how does that even work I have like no how do you coordinate between all but <laughs> that's insane anyway i will probably go see go see blue beetle this weekend because of that and uh yeah yeah i'm hoping it's good people are saying it's good i just it's it's just it really is a representation thing for me where I'm like, it sucks that you have to prove through 15 movies that the white guys can make them and then we can give it to the people of color and the women mm-hmm. and then by that point it's all burnt out and nobody likes them anymore. So good or bad, the movie's yeah. going to tank and it's just like, God, man, really? Could we not? Like, you know, but it is what it is. This is the way Hollywood goes, um, which moves us right on into the Marvels, 
which is yeah. the MCU's next movie. Not next property, because Loki's the next property, but their next yeah. actual Loki theatrical release. Is coming. Uh, yes. I think we said October for Loki, and then early November. November for the Marvels. Yes, which actually got pushed, I believe, because of the strikes. Yeah. Um, yes. So... This directed by Nia DaCosta or Nia, I believe it's Nia DaCosta, who I liked, mm-hmm. director of Little Woods and the Candyman remake, which while I didn't think was totally successful, was really refreshing to see. It was it was a different take, which I thought was yeah. great. Um, I'm very nervous for this movie for a number of reasons, uh, because I know that this movie probably cost about 150 to $200 million, no doubt, just because of the star power that's involved. Yeah. And that Marvel does that for their movies, even their small ones. Does it uh, say? A I didn't quick know. Google hit says 130 million. 130. Okay, so Marvels. it's on the lower end of that. Yeah. Um, but not low. 130 million. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not 300 million dollars, but it's not 30 million dollars. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think this movie is going to perform well? Do you think this movie is going to break 200 million dollars? <sighs> That's a hard 200 question. 200 million. That's I don't a hard think question. So. Because like is this movie going to perform well? No. Yeah. Compared to what we have come and compared to what we have come to expect from Marvel movies? Yeah. Like no, it's not going to break the billion dollars. It's not going to do 200 million dollars is a tough question because I'm like it could maybe. It could. I don't think it has any kind of buzz around it. No. But again, it's one of those that I'm like, I'm intrigued in the, by this story. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's weird because the original Captain Marvel didn't have the strongest reception. So it's not like, you know, the Marvels is like a movie version of like Armor Wars. And it's like, here comes, right? you know, Tony Stark and Rhodey and Ironheart and whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, it's like kind of. It's weird because it's like Marvel considers it an A-list property, but it I feels like a B-list property to me. Yeah. Um, but that's also like whatever. But the thing with this too is requires homework. I was just going to say that. A lot of homework. Like maybe the most homework. homework. I mean, like maybe not a lot of homework because like it's Captain Marvel, Loki, not Loki, uh, Captain Marvel, WandaVision, and Miss Marvel are the three that you have to really have in your pocket. Um, yeah. Arguably Secret Wars because Nick yeah. Fury's in it. And like, I don't know. Um, right. But that's the thing that I'm kind of hoping for is that this isn't some kind of huge tie in like that you need to have like this whole background for. You know what I mean? Like just like, yeah, be like, yeah here's here's a movie where these three are just like swapping places. And it's a witty comedy. And I mean, like you can tell like what's going to happen is they're going to learn to leverage the swapping as like a way to defeat a bad guy. Totally. Um, And I think it's like, well, see the more I think about this, the more I'm like, well, there's other homework there. Cause I think the villain is like the replacement of Ronan from guardians one. She's carrying around Ronan's stick. So so that's know? the thing is like even if even if you watch WandaVision, Captain Marvel, and Miss Marvel, you also have to have watched all of the Marvel movies yeah. prior. Like it's it's a movie that 
is still building upon what Marvel has started, which is why I'm kind of like, I would love for this not to be tied in. There's no chance it's not. So that's my, so like, let me ask you this. Mm. Are you fine with the homework if it's not going to be tied in to the bigger? You know what I mean? I mean, like everything is building to Secret Wars. Sure. But like if this goes in and it's kind of a self-contained thing and like, you know, maybe we get a singer at the end that's pointing to something or whatever. But it's just like three heroes, villain, they defeat the villain. Like, you know, as opposed to like Quantumania is the perfect thing where it's like Quantumania is literally just building towards Kang Dynasty. It's an in-between movie. That's what it is. It's like literally (laughs) just like here to introduce information. And I feel like that's the thing that we don't like anymore is like this is just building to another thing that could happen whenever. We don't know. Could happen off screen for all I care. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know. I am excited for this. Yeah. I do love, like, it's funny. I do love um, Iman Vellini. Yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. And like, that's actually really funny that I'm like way more excited for her than I am for uh, Brie Larson. Yeah. She, um, she like fit. She's like a, a breath of fresh air for this genre. Yeah. <laughs> Not self-serious at all. Like it just a Absolutely. kid. <laughs> um, So that'll be fun. And that'll be, like, and that's the thing that I think there'll be like levity to it because she's involved. Um. But I, but like, there's also like such potential for like, oh, all these powers are intertwined, and like, here's this is what the main plot of Gang Dynasty is, and that's like, it's hard because this movie's almost dead on arrival because of that fact. Because people are going in, even if it happens to not be like that, we're already expecting that this is going to be. There's a post credit scene. There's a mid credit scene. You know, they're yeah. like, and they're all gonna tie into this thing that's almost a parody of itself at this point, and. Yeah. Even if this movie is awesome, I think a lot of the general public can't get over that fact and being like, well, I didn't watch Miss Marvel. Like, if you didn't well, watch Miss Marvel, you who the fuck is this person? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And, like, that's the thing, too, is if there's... If Disney has made a shift away from that mentality of, like, always be building to something. Like, let's create things that are more standalone. It hasn't reached us yet. No. You know what I mean? I mean, we were saying earlier, like, what's the MCU uh, timeline here? Um, okay, so we're looking at, like, Blade, a new Captain America, Thunderbolts, yeah. which is a whole thing. Um, in terms of movies, I think that's that's all we're looking at thus far. But That's um, crazy. Fantastic Four? Maybe? Fantastic Four is still... Well, now Fantastic everything's been pushed Four, Yeah. Fantastic Four, I think, will be the bellwether for whether or not they've gotten the message. Yeah. Like, if, felt, if Fantastic Four is just, like, the main villain is, like, you know, Doctor Doom is a Kang variant, then yeah. it's like, okay. Y'all lost the thread, yeah. Come on, guys. Um, right, But right. if it stands alone and it's, like, awesome and then it's, like, there's a little, like, I feel like, sorry, I'm we're getting no. too deep onto the the mcu stuff again here but like i feel like the thing we need is to get back to like phase one yes where it's just like i think of like thor where it's like oh you mean this hawkeye character is just like in this scene 
Yeah. You know, and people can flip out over that and be like, right. well, what does that even mean? You know, whereas like here, you know, you get like, oh, that was the voice of Mashanda Ali at the end of Eternals, you know, and it's like, oh, here's like a blade tease and right. like blade is this, this, da, 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 you know. Yep. Um, I guess I just kind of described the exact same thing, but like it was a teaser at the end versus like a scene in the movie. Right. And the teasers and the stingers automatically feel like they're tacked on because they literally yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I hope it's good. I hope that it does well. Again, this is in the same vein as Blue Beetle where like it's done. Like the age of the superhero is over, unfortunately and unfortunately. And all of these movies are going to feel the, 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 yeah. Yeah. Here's the qualifier I'll put on that. The hype I think is done, but I'm still watching all of these movies. I'm yeah. going to watch Flash when it comes out on, on the 25th. But you like, didn't see it in a theater. But I didn't see it in theater. But I haven't seen them in theaters for a while now. True. I think the last superhero movie I saw in theaters was The Suicide Squad. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And before that, it was like it had even been a while. Like, I've made the jump from like seeing them in theaters but i there aren't any that i'm like oh i didn't watch yeah you know so it's like i'm still a fan and i'm still there yeah like i've watched secret invasion you know all of it it's not great i've watched all of hawkeye i've watched all of all All of of, all of it literally all of it um, yeah so it's not dead i don't think it's dead it's just like the hype's not there anymore and that's the kind of thing i'm like if we can just get quality like additions where it doesn't it's not obligated to try and be a billion dollar movie. Yes. You know, if we can just be like, here you go. Like, like I've watched both Venom movies and I like hated both of them, but I, I watched saw them. Let them be, you know what I mean? I saw Let There Be Carnage in a fucking theater. I can't believe it. I actually like that movie. It's not I great. mean, I've seen Morbius. Like, like we, I, I we watch all of them. You know we what do. I mean? There's we still a desire do. for it. And like, <laughs> at least for me, this stuff all started like after I was grown up. If if this started, if like Iron Man was when you were like 10. Oh, dude. You know what I mean? And like the Dark Knight was when you're 10. And like all of it, like that is your core yeah. taste in movies. And like they're still going to watch all of it. But it just like, I feel like it's the, I'm getting very animated now, dear listener. Impassioned. Um, I'm delivery. shaking my fist. <laughs> Literally. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just like it, it just doesn't like, let's tone down the hype. I don't know. Yes. I'm off on it. Off nope. of the deep end here. I agree. Tone down the hype and you will reap the benefits and also stop making movies that are so damn expensive when you don't have to. Like it's yeah. just 105, $130 million. I would, dollars. I would love Blade to be made for like $30 million. That would be. Just do see you, what we'd get. Do you know how much better it would be? Like no joke. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> It would be so much better. Kevin Feige, just like roll the dice on something, on something Blue Beetle level of like, yes, we're not going to give you a lot of money. See what you can do. See what you can do. Give like a really impassioned filmmaker the reins to do something cool and they'll give yeah. you something fucking cool. It so. worked with James Gunn. Yes. <laughs> it worked with Favreau. Iron Man for all intents and purposes yeah. in the indie. Like yeah. that was, was funded by like six different studios. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, speaking of box office and studios and possible reasons why some of these movies actually might not be doing so well are the strikes, which are starting to actually affect 
some of the box yes. office numbers on some of these movies that aren't necessarily the Marvel or DC movies because those have built in expectation for them and built in hype. But movies like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, or Strays, like movies that are stacked to the gills with A-list actors and are just doing nothing at the box office when they really should be. I mean, there were moments where if you had Strays come out in 2010, dude. Yeah. $150 million box office, easy, you know? Yeah. But the strikes are underway. The actors are striking, which means there can be no promotional material from the actors, which... I don't think people really understand how big of a blow this is because I didn't even think about this until last week. Instagram is a huge, Mm. huge platform for promotion. And actors, as we know, have built in stipulations to their contracts where you need to do X number of grid posts for this. We saw it with Florence Pugh. We see it with The Rock all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Nada, and The Rock has four hundred yeah. million followers. Like that's built-in audience. Yeah, and when you have, well, I mean, you talk about Strays, and that's um, Kevin Hart, right? Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx, like yeah. it's it's like again, like a murderer's row of the biggest comedy actors ever, and nothing crickets. They can't do red carpets. They can't do like I yeah. said, like the actors like Google stuff, which would have been hilarious to see them do something like that. Yeah, and then you have something like yeah, Mutant Mayhem, which is. Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd and Ice Cube and and Rose Byrne and John uh, Cena and Giancarlo yeah, Esposito and Jackie, Jackie Chan. Chan like it's yeah imagine the kind of promo run that would have had like that would have been yeah. amazing but no yeah well and you don't even know that those people are voices in this because there's there's nothing and this I mean the same with Strays is like I saw the trailer for Strays and I remembered Will Ferrell but like yeah that was really the only one I remembered from it yeah and. I think at this point, it's becoming very clear just how important marketing is, not just trailers, because I'm going to be honest, I'm sick of the Blue Beetle trailer. A lot of people are sick of the Blue Beetle trailer, but that's the only thing they can do to promote the movie is play the trailer over and over again. Like, I believe the director was on the red carpet alone. (laughs) Yeah. That is sad. That sucks, man. That's really shitty because, like, they don't know him. George Lopez is in that movie. He, if he was on the carpet, people would be like, oh, shit, it's fucking George Lopez. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that's insane. <laughs> but no. Yeah, and all the things I'm seeing from it are just, like, the director talking about, like, what he wants to do and, like, you know, the director talking about that kind of stuff. And it's like, you just don't hear anything. And that's, I think, I mean, we've touched on this before, but that's the kind of thing that, like, is really making it debatable about, like, do we need to move this movie? Right because that star power is everything in a lot of these. Yes. Imagine Dune. And and, I mean, Dune. Yeah. And like, I mean, just the sheer volume of people in Dune is like, you could pull the C players in that movie and like do a gangbusters marketing campaign. Yeah. Um, But like, you know, I mean, like, and you talk about social media is like Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet. Between the two between two of them posting like here's things for dune part two like invaluable Um, hundreds of millions of people see that hundreds of millions yeah yeah and it's crazy and it's weird the social stuff i hadn't even really considered that until you pointed out just now and i'm like yeah i haven't seen any of it nothing and you're not gonna 
you won't. It's, it's, I mean, it's crazy because like you can't be a studio person, a studio executive and like not be feeling the heat from this. Yeah. Feeling the strain, you know what I mean? Because like, it's weird because like Dune has its own built in kind of thing. Totally. Um, I feel like Wonka is an interesting use case on this. Yeah. And that like Wonka, I saw the trailer. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. I think I could be talked into it. By Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> by Timothy Chalamet or by like, you know, yeah, like Timothy Chalamet on like Actors Roundtable and like taking on the legacy, you know, put down by Gene Wilder and carried on by Johnny Depp. Like, yeah. I'd be interested in that. And like, that's the thing that's going to convince me that this is going to be a good movie. Right. You know what I mean? And I realize that sounds super pretentious. Me being like, well, if he's like, you know, <laughs> taking the acting seriously, I he's might an go see Wonka. Actor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but like, that's the kind of thing is like, you, you need the hype around this stuff. And without the writers and without the, the actors, like, it's just not, they're not going to work. No, no. And this is like the real thing where like, even without director, even with directors still working, you know, it is what it is, but like, it's the actors. Like there's the top 1% of directors who everybody knows, the Scorsese's, the Tarantino's of the world, Catherine Bigelow, but actors are like, everybody knows who Timothy Chalamet is. (laughs) But dear listener, tell me who directed Wonka right now off the top of your head, like- Yes, I don't, and I don't think I know. And your opinions and your opinions on their work and how they approach it, like it, it, it doesn't have that same effect as like Timothy Chalamet. Oh, I know Timothy Chalamet from Dune, right? And like, and the French Dispatch and all of this, and Little Women and all this other yeah. stuff. That's like adds a, a level of not adds a level of legitimacy, but like forms my opinion definitely on what I think of this movie. Definitely, and that's. I mean, I'm just now realizing how important this stuff is because to me, originally, and I think a lot of people, when you hear, oh, actors aren't going to be able to promote, you immediately go red carpet. You immediately go, oh, well, they're not going to be walking the carpet, which is something that I don't really care about. It's all this underlying stuff that you don't think about. It's literally when Nolan and Downey Jr. did that wired Google fill in the blank, I was like, that's awesome. The fact that they got that in under under the wire before the strike yeah. was so great because that went viral and people mm-hmm. were sharing that everywhere because you don't see Christopher Nolan doing shit like that. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, we we talk about the big ones and whatnot, but like these smaller movies that are coming out, you know, that like aren't necessarily like top tier A-list movies. Like the one I have in my head is Dumb Money, which yeah, is the- the Paul Dano, like Wall Street GameStop movie. Yeah. Which like, I don't know how I feel about that, but like just from the title, dumb money, like you don't get a lot, but like, I mean, that's Sebastian Stan and America Ferreira fresh off of Barbie and Shalane Woodley. And like all of these different people that like, you need to get the conversation going. Right. You know? And like, as, as much, uh, as I would love to say, like, yeah, the uh, the director there, um, what's his name? Craig Gillespie. Like, as much as I think he could pull something like that, you know? Yeah. You have to be say, oh, yeah, like, you have to say Craig Gillespie, who um, 
who directed Itonia and Cruella. Yeah. And, you know, oh, yeah. like all this different stuff. You're like, oh, okay. Lars and the real girl, you know, yeah. like you need that follow up. Whereas you can just say, oh, it's starring Paul Dano. Yeah. And you're and like, you, oh, Paul Dano colors your whole like kind of thing on it. Totally. You know, Paul Dano. And yeah, like I was saying, you know, yeah, America Seth Rogen, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Ramos, Pete Davidson, Nick Offerman. Right. You know, right. It's like and, a stacked cast. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's not going to get the hype because. Right. And the thing is, the marketing isn't for me and you. Like, we are people who look into these. Yeah. We know who's in them. We know who's directing Dumb them. Money is on my watch list. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, like, I've seen the trailer. I know all about it. Um, although I couldn't name the director, so that's another thing. But this is for the people who don't know. Like, the marketing is for the people who are not people who talk about fucking movies every week on a podcast. Like, that's... Yeah. And that's what's slipping through the cracks. Like, that's the issue. And it's a... <laughs> It's a really big problem, man. I don't know anyone that knows that Strays is even out right now. Yeah. Or knows what it is. Like, like, oh, it's the dog movie. Oh, Will Ferrell's in that? Oh, maybe I'll check it out. It's like, that's huge, man. You also run the risk of making a very wrong assumption about what kind of movie that is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, Strays, is it like Homeward Bound? No. No. (laughs) Well... (laughs) I guess the trailer pretty much clears that up, but like, yeah, it's true, you know, but again, it's like marketing goes so much further. marketing and promotion goes so much further than what people think that it really does. Yeah. And it is very, very clear. I mean, I can't imagine the red carpet for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine the photo op, but of all of those people together, it's yeah. like Barbie. Like, how can you yeah. get something like that? And like, that's the thing is like, you got to get those things into the lives of the people that aren't looking for it. You know what I mean? You got to get in people's uh, Instagram or TikTok feeds. You got to get on the late night shows and be like, oh yeah, here comes Stephen Colbert. He's going to internet he's going to, he's going to internet. He's going to interview, you know, Seth Rogen about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or dumb money. Like you got to, you like (laughs) This has to work. Like, this is what this whole, so much of this market is built on. Right. That, like, you can't just not because yeah. it's all going to do shit money. Right. And you're so invested, dear studios, in, in these things. You're spending <laughs> so much of money on these things. Yes. Like, you got to you gotta do the full, the full other side of it that just doesn't, I don't know, I'm rambling. No, I get you. And that brings us to our final point, which is that contract negotiations might be resuming at some point because of this, because, and unfortunately, and I've brought this point up to many people in my life who I'm sure are sick and tired of me saying it, with studios, with corporations, with capitalism, you have to unfortunately hit people where it hurts, which is their wallets. It's not their goodness of their hearts. It's not their morals or their ethics. It's their fucking bank accounts. That's yeah. the only thing that'll make it make someone take notice. And like we just talked about, it's making a severe impact in yeah. the box office numbers. And it's showing because, well, as we learned last Friday, the WGA actually did sit down with the AMPTP to talk about sitting down to renegotiate. Yeah. They recessed and haven't come back yet. 
as of recording haven't come back as of yeah. recording on tuesday the 22nd yeah so like this is real like they're coming back to the table and i don't mean the wga because again they they came out and the wga and sag were like listen come talk to us that's all we yeah. want is to negotiate and they and, you know the studios were like no them saying like let's talk about this is a huge step in the right direction because for a while like we we reported on this it was let's bleed them out yeah. let them lose their homes now it's like ooh let's uh maybe the numbers aren't this. aren't uh aren't looking great there yeah i yeah. imagine like at like disney there's like one guy whose job like one account whose job <laughs> it is to keep track of this and i imagine just a guy with a bunch of like books and he's just oh yeah rolling up to bob Iger and being like bob it's it's bad it's not good it's bad man. um the numbers are going down right um, and those things you said on interview not good <laughs> yeah <laughs> not good. um i mean i will say like it seems like there are cracks forming in the studio's resolve yeah um you know, Bob Iger, who there is a lot to say about Bob Iger these days, but he has commented that he is personally committed to ending the strikes. Um, that way, let me double check that I'm quoting that right. Uh, I'm almost 100 percent sure that's what he said. Yeah. Here's the quote. I have deep respect and appreciation for all those who are vital to the extraordinary creative engine that drives this company and our industry. And it is my fervent hope that we quickly find solutions to the issues that have kept us apart these past few months. And I am personally committed to working to achieve this result. So like, he's like, I want to fix this. Yeah. Which is a far cry from him. His like, fuck them. Their tat, their asks are not realistic. Yeah. You know, Oh, we can bleed them out. We can wait them out until they like lose their home. Like there's cracks in, in the, uh, in the wall. Yeah. And which like is all in all honesty is kind of sorry is no kind of good to see because like this does need to end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it is harmful for everyone involved. Yeah. You know, as, as much as either side plays plays up their their strengths and weaknesses or whatever. Like it's not it's not a good thing. Like everybody wants to go back to work. Yeah. That's why they're there. Like, yeah. They want to make movies and TV and, um, yeah. And unfortunately this whole thing comes down to like a respect issue, I think where the studios like they claim to respect the writers and the actors, but really the way they treat them is expendable. You know, it's unless you're the top of the top, you're just someone who shows up for a shit paycheck and you do whatever the hell you're told and then you leave, you know, that's what it, it, it is there. And it's becoming now a thing where, and I and maybe this is because the SAG went on strike and you have people on the front lines that are Colin Farrell, you know, yeah. like people like that who are out there saying like, fuck you. Like we yeah. I'm standing up for these people and people like The Rock. I think it was The Rock, Ryan Reynolds. There was a bunch of A-listers who donated over a million dollars to the funds. Like there was a group of like 15 that donated seven figure sums. And I'm like, yeah, that is scary for the AMPTP because they're like, oh, now it's everyone against us. It's not just the writers. It's all of the actors. And the actors, and I, I thought this was a hilarious um, uh, point, was like, the actors are, are they're dramatic. That's the point of them. And they're going to make a stick. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to be loud. And they're going to be in your face about it. And having them on the front lines is great because that's what they do, man. They're theatrical. That is what they fucking do. Yeah. Which is, I think, a huge reason why things are starting to move forwards now, too. Because writers, again, they're like, fuck the writers. 
let them yeah. do whatever. Uh, the <laughs> there was a piece in Deadline yesterday, uh, as of this recording. Um, the Entertainment Community Fund has distributed more than four point seven million dollars in financial aid. Yeah. Uh, to the workers. Yeah. Since the start of the the WGA strike, and that's like you know, not nothing, and like no. keeps them going, and you know, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we've said it a bunch of times in this of uh, there's a lot of money on the the striking side as well. So there is, there is. And that side, the striking side holds literally all the cards now. <laughs> like they have everybody on their side. Yeah, they're yeah. not working. And yeah, that's terrible. And people are literally like just not being able to get paid. But this has to work. Like yeah. if this. If, I will say. Yeah. If anyone yeah, folds, ahead. it's. A, it's uh, yeah the end <laughs> well that's like and i feel like i won't say necessarily that the um the studios have blinked yeah but, but their eyelids are starting to close yeah you know what i mean i feel like i mean i don't want to like guess i don't want to um estimate i guess but like i feel like we're gonna see this come to a conclusion pretty pretty soon i think so yeah. soon could be a few months you know um, sure but uh, I would put money on this being like concluded. concluded before the end of the year. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, if this like, God help us if it's not, but it is like almost September. So it's true. And seriously, God help us because that means everything basically is going to get pushed into next year, which is again, if it needs to happen, it does. But you know, I really want to see the killer. So <laughs> it, so it's interesting to, to think like, what movies are studios going? This is an awards movie, and we're going to put it out. We don't care what it makes, but it has to be nominated this year, right? You know, and like if this carries on, like we're not going to have an Oscars. That's like, like you know, we, when we the were Emmys talking, have already been delayed, yeah, right like, to next year, which means so what happens now? Yeah, because if the Emmys are in January. Is there another Emmys next year too? Like what, or is everything I'm, just, uh, is the Emmys now just in January for the rest of time? <laughs> like, how does it work? But, um, that would be hilarious. you're right. I mean, we were talking about like, what's Oscar. We, oh, oh, we're only halfway yeah. through the year. We don't know the Oscar movies. Imagine if there was none. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like it's Oppenheimer and Barbie and past lives and then we're done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I started making like a, a probable list of, you know, um, Oscar noms and it's like things like you know challengers isn't going to come out if there's no that no already got pushed. The, yeah. the killer's not going to come out <laughs> killers of the flower moon's gonna again um yeah but like maestro napoleon napoleon um may december like yeah man you know wonka dumb money that we've already talked about mm -hmm. night bitch poor things color purple is poor i think things, getting delayed yep. yeah like all of these things i'm like they're just not gonna let them come out this year right um but like maybe they will so they get nominated in easier uh it's what's worth more to the studio category. at that yeah. point is it prestige or is it the money yeah. you know um yeah i don't know I mean, obviously, we'll keep following up with this as we learn more. I, I really, I'm just hoping that things can resolve in a way that makes sense for the creatives only, you know? Um, yeah. It'll be really interesting if we end up with, like, the most indie Oscars in a very long time. Because yeah. all of the big, big budget stuff got pushed. 
It's going to be like you know. Indy and then like John Wick 4. <laughs> Cause, well, because like you push Napoleon for sure. Yeah. But like you look at like May, December, you know, yeah. or Anatomy of a Fall. That's like, it's not yeah. going to make a billion. It's not going to make a hundred million dollars at all. Like, like, Sunday movie. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you a know. neon. Yeah. I'd be down for that because that then we can have the debate of like, what are the implications of the Oscars being super indie? And With like no all major the people stars? that just watch the Oscars movies. Yeah. Oh my God. Are like, it's, whoa. It's Anatomy of a Fall, Past Lives, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Imagine that Oscars. Yeah. That would be sick. Yeah. I'd love that actually. That'd be great. And a bunch of people who's like, I don't know any of these people. And Bo is afraid. <laughs> and Bo is afraid. Oh, God damn. Well. Wait, what were the ones you just, you just said one that wasn't on my uh, Oscar list here. How to blow up a pipeline? Yeah, that's what it was. Which I think could be nominated for I best adapted be screenplay. Nom- yeah, but that's probably it. Um, although I loved it, but I just don't think yeah. the Academy cares. Well, I'm adding it to my potential. Oh yeah, uh, I have that in mind as as adapted screenplay. I think it is a lock for adapted screenplay unless we get blown out by like 15 other great movies. But yeah. Um, All right. Well, yeah. So that's the that's the episode today, guys. Uh, a little all over the place, but we we landed the plane, I think. Yeah. We always have to talk about the strikes a little bit here. Um, yeah, again, we'll keep you updated with whatever we learn. If something happens and we have to do like some sort of a two-minute emergency thing, like we'll do it, you know? Yeah. Because uh, if like the strikes just end and like all of this, like we'll have to do yeah. something. But, um, but yeah, if regardless. It just folds. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, we'll give you whatever you want. Not going to happen. But sold yeah. for parts. Yeah, sold for parts. Although I did read that Apple might acquire Disney in the next five years. Yeah, everyone. Well, that's the big rumor that everyone's saying Bob Iger, Bob Iger came back to sell Disney to somebody. I mean, that's his, he's the, he's the smart money guy. So okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, should we, uh, should we do some recommendations here? Can you imagine the Apple like logo instead of the like Walt Disney <laughs> it's just like star over the castle it's like the apple tv like whoosh, like Bong. yeah oh. what a world what a world don't want to live in that world <laughs> um but yeah should we do some recommendations yes so we thought since it was kind of an all over the place week and uh, summer's coming to a close here, we thought, yeah. why not recommend a movie uh, that was one of our favorite first watches from the summer? It does not have to be from 2023, but it can be. Just any movie that you watch for the first time that you want to recommend, um, which is a lot. We've watched a lot of fucking movies in the last it's three true. months. It's um, weird because it's true, and we also pretty much talk about all of them. So. We do, we do. So we've talked about these two before. Um do you want to go first? Do you want me to? I'll go first. Yeah, because I, in fact, have not talked about mine before. Oh. Um, very intentionally, uh, mm. because we had this prompt, and I decided not to talk about this on Letterboxd on Sunday. But <coughs> I am recommending a movie that you recommended to me called Space oh. Sweepers. Love it, dude. Um, Jo Sung Hee, uh, sci-fi movie about a bunch of uh, scrappers in space. Um just trying to trying to make it work trying to make it in the world um and an i loved girl. this movie yeah yeah i love this movie like it's awesome it took a minute so it's it's a weird kind of 
thing to process like that. Oh, everyone's speaking different languages. Although I was prepped for that from your recommendation um, that they're all speaking different languages, but they have translators in their ears. So it works. Um, But like, this is something I feel like that Korean cinema does really well. It is Korean, right? Yep. Yeah. The Korean cinema does really well that like creates these characters that have really robust backstories. Yeah. That totally color their character that have absolutely no impact on the story whatsoever. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's important to know that like, yeah, this guy was like, uh, like worked for um, the mob or whatever. Sure. Um, But like, it doesn't really come into play. It's just kind of gives you color in his character. Right. Um, And this was like really well thought out. Like really, I really enjoyed the world that it was in. Um, And like, it had so much emotion around it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of things like this, it's like, it gets too hard sci-fi and it's like, yeah, okay. These characters are just like trying to, you know, excavate ore from a meteorite and then they get bogged down in all the sci-fi of it. And it's like, yeah. no, these guys are like the, uh, the, the space junk collector ship is kind of like a secondary thing. It's just like, here are four people on a ship together. Right. Um, and I, yeah. love it. I thought it was great. I thought the ending was great. I won't spoil it, but like, yeah, I am all about this movie. Uh, my letterbox review. I, I really want to see what Joe song. He would, do with like a major IP because there is something there is something Hollywood about this I'll say definitely Um, but like with heart yes you know what I mean so I would love to see them get some kind of property um and I don't say this lightly because it's like not a, a great thing for a lot of filmmakers but I would love to see them get some kind of property that they could go nuts on yeah um, and deliver a big IP because this is a big IP movie that just doesn't happen to have an IP behind it. Exactly. With a big ensemble, like, and they handle the characters well. There's like seven different main characters and they all yeah. work together and like, it's not confusing. And I- I'm so glad you watched this movie. My dad watched it too. And he's like, this movie's great. And I'm like this. I- yeah. Right. Isn't it just a weird, yeah. like hidden gem? Like <laughs> so yeah. random. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. I'm so glad you watched it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. On Netflix. Worth the watch. Definitely one of one of the best uh, one of the best movies I think I've watched this summer. Yeah, it's just a good time, man. Yeah, yeah. well made. The VFX are great. Like are great. Yeah. <laughs> like what the hell? The robot is incredible. Like it's, yeah. The whole yeah wants to be human, but like <laughs> in like but like handled in a modern way. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 awesome. Yeah, Space Sweepers. God, such a good movie. Such a good, such a random. Yes. Again, Netflix picking up a lot of South Korean IP or not IP, but Absolutely. South Korean work that's just right there for you. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, for my rec- for my recommendation, it is a movie that I've actually talked about before. It's technically an episode of something, but it's an hour and a half, so I consider it a movie. Uh, this is. The first episode of the Small Axe Collection from Steve McQueen, uh, and it's called Mangrove, starring Letitia Wright, mm. um, Sean Parks, Malachi Kirby, Jack Loudon, and is a tale about um, a Caribbean restaurant in 1970s London, literally taking place in Notting Hill, um, and its owner, Frank Critchlow, and basically the racial uh, like atrocities 
handed down to them by the police in this time. And it also spans this court case that is about the Mangrove Nine, which is Mm -hmm. this group of people who essentially tried to do a peaceful protest. And of course, the police in the 1970s England were just like, no, we're not having that. And then they all got arrested and it became this whole court thing. So it's one part like cultural drama, one part court place or courtroom Mm -hmm. drama, which is really, really great. Um, It is just a beautiful, colorful, amazingly made film. I mean, Steve McQueen, I think I've talked about Widows before. He's just a wonderful filmmaker that we don't talk too much about. Um, And he's just amazing. And this movie is like, it literally, when I saw it, I was like, how have I never heard about this? Like, how have I never experienced this before? Because it feels authentic it feels like something that is important and has a lot of passion behind it. a lot like space sweepers in a different way where it's like you can feel the filmmaker just like cared about this material a lot yeah um it's well acted well written well shot and is well well worth your time if you have an hour and a half to to check it out so um mangrove it's on i believe the entire first season of small acts is on prime right now so check it out. I believe it also is getting a Criterion release, which is amazing. But nice. um, but yeah, Mangrove, just a just a truly like breathtaking work of cinema. So <laughs> Steve McQueen is one of those one of those directors that I feel like we don't talk about enough. Like even when he has stuff to come out, like I mean, you know, Widows was Oscar nominated, and I think yeah, uh, like I mean, Twelve Years a Slave, obviously, oh, yeah. but I think Shame too back in the day. Yes. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I feel like he comes around and we get a little bit of conversation, but he's such an incredibly talented filmmaker. Truly. But he's like, he's one of those guys that like, even when he won for 12 Years a Slave, like, I don't remember much about him talking about yeah. the film or anything like that. And and it's just, it's it's unbelievable because again, like Widows is also just like phenomenal. So like, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a, he's a real one. So that's a great one. Yeah. That's, I love it. Like obscure. A yeah. couple little gems here. Yeah. Hidden gems yeah. that are just right in front of you, like insane. They like are just like <laughs> top Netflix of our prime. top of our summer. Yeah, um, love it, love it. Uh, awesome. So yeah, there we go. There, there All you right. Have it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, dear listener, thank you for for tuning in. We're sorry we weren't here for you last week. Yes. Um, we're here now. We are here now. We'll be here. We'll be back on Sunday. We will for be tuned in. Um, yes. Yeah. But in the meantime, Josh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the internet on both Letterboxd and Instagram at Josh J. Fuller. Where can people find you, Willis? Uh, you can find me on the internet at Willis Film on uh, Instagram and Letterboxd. And if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on Instagram and Letterboxd at Pixel Splitters, where you'll find all of our recommendations, including Space Sweepers and Small Axe. Mangrove. mangrove well technically yes small axe but the first episode which is called mangrove, mangrove as part of small axe yes 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 um if we can put that on letterboxd yes which you can and there we go all right there we go Perfect. <laughs> um all right that'll do it that'll it bring us home yeah um we'll be back again next week uh josh i feel like we gotta start talking about another megapixels we definitely do um, we do it's been a few weeks now Yes. Um, and I feel like we have to get back to our top five roots. We absolutely somewhere. do. We do. Yeah. Oh, I need to start brainstorming now. We've got some stuff, but they've been heady. I want to get like another like top yeah. five worst superhero. Like that was really fun. Like yeah. I loved that. Our, that our, was really fun. <laughs> we'll, 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 
we'll get a text chain going. We will, we will. <laughs> All right, let's uh, bring it home. Josh, what do you got for the end here? Um, I have an end of pod. <laughs>